Welcome to the Layman Chronicles, a Christian podcast that's dedicated to bringing you the Word of God from a layman perspective. Hey, what up, guys? Franklin here. Thank you for joining me here today on the Layman Chronicles. Oh boy, what an episode we have for you today. I'm glad you were able to take a little time out of your busy day to take a listen to this guy trying to keep in line with the Bible. Hopefully you are too. And today's topic is not really one that a lot of people don't talk about. It's a um, topic about the evil one. That's right, folks. On today's episode, we'll be talking about Satan, the adversary to God and his special creation called mankind. We'll be taking a look at who he is, why he is doing the things he's doing, reasoning behind the hatred towards God and mankind, what we can do to avoid his tactics and destroy mankind, and what can, has, and will defeat him once and for all. So, without further ado, here's a brief lesson on Satan. Be sober-minded, be watchful. Your adversary the devil prowls around like a roaring lion, seeking someone to devour. 1 Peter 5 verse 8 Oh yes, Satan is real, and he is not a fan of mankind, so much so that he is willing to stalk around like a lion on a hunt for his next meal. So why is Satan on a mission to destroy mankind and attempting to rule? Or in an inquiry, who is Satan? Well, Satan, which means enemy or adversary, refers to his character, the malignant adversary of all good, in God or his creatures. Also known as the devil, which means the accuser or slanderer, refers to his mode of carrying out his evil designs. That is by lying slanders, making false accusations, and speaking badly or telling lies about someone to damage their reputation. Although he goes by many names and descriptions, for example, the prince or god of this world or power of the air, Beelzebub, the wicked one, liar, Apollyon, or destroyer in Revelations 9 verse 11, his name as an archangel was Lucifer, which means morning star or day star. Well, yes, you heard me. He was once one of the two of God's archangels which is the highest ranking among all the angels in heaven. You can find the story of Satan's fall, hence the term fallen angel, in Isaiah chapter 14 verses 12 through 14, and Ezekiel chapter 18 verses 12 through 18. But here's the short version. Because of pride, Lucifer deemed himself higher than God and wanted to rule from his throne. He convinced other angels, now known as demons, to follow him to take over heaven and the throne of God. A war broke out in heaven, and Lucifer lost along with the other angels that followed him. Michael, the archangel that fought against Lucifer, threw him and the other angels out of heaven onto earth. Since the fall occurred, he has been known as Satan and has only one goal still in his mind, to rule all as God and destroy mankind. Satan is known by his attributes, as described in scripture, as being intelligent, Ephesians chapter 6 verse 11, deceitful, Revelation chapter 12 verse 9, knowledgeable, Matthew 4 verse 6, having a will, 2 Timothy chapter 2 verse 26. He's manipulative, he leads the demons, works in and with wicked men, causes suffering, and has powers to perform miracles, 
and nature to deceive. And the list goes on. Now that Satan roams the earth, he still desired to devour God's crown jewel of his creation, mankind. He would do anything to destroy all of mankind, even the ones that follow him. His desire to destroy the ones that follow God is especially one of his main things to devour. Consider the story of Job, the second oldest book in the Bible. He was a wealthy, kind, righteous man on earth and fully devoted man of God. But Satan wanted to put him to the test. In Job chapter 1 verse 8, we see God having Satan to consider Job, his faithful slave, to test him to see if Job will deny God when tragedy strikes. Satan was given power to make Job's life horrible, except for the right to kill him. Everything else was up to Satan to do, even kill Job's children. In the end, Job was taught that God is sovereign in all he surveys, and learned that God is righteous in all that he allows to happen, even to the best of his servants. Ultimately, defeating Satan by not succumbing to his trials and tribulations. And of course, how can we forget about the Gospels? Christ riding on a donkey to Jerusalem in victory as the city full of people cheer for him yelling Hosanna, meaning save us now, and laying clothes and palm leaves and branches on the road, only later for the crowds to be yelling at Christ's unjustly trial to be crucified. What changed? In a name, Satan. He deceived, manipulated, played to the desires of the people to remove the Romans from power and for Christ to rule. When Christ didn't do what the people wanted, Satan used their desires as a tool to have Christ killed by the Romans. And it worked. That is, until he rose again after three days and Christ declared victory over Satan and one of his main tools, death. Now it's the modern era and Satan is still roaming the earth. But human beings or mankind is still here, and for that we should be giving thanks to God in the highest for his mercy, grace, and love. And yet, Satan still deceives, still kills, and destroys, while Christ has us to have life and have it to his fullness. John chapter 10, verse 10. So how can we be aware and prepare for all of Satan's devices? Let's give 10 ways on how God helps us to not fall for the snares of Satan. As noted in Ephesians chapter 6 verse 11, put on the full armor of God so that you can take your stand against the devil's schemes. Number 1. Walk by rule of the word of God. Proverbs chapter 12 verse 24 and Galatians chapter 6 verse 16 shows that what happens when we keep diligent or show care in one's work and duties in our walk with God in Christ Jesus our Lord. We won't be so quickly be deceived in the way Satan throws us off course if we keep to God and his loving commandments. Revelation chapter 3 verse 10 says, Because you have kept my word about patient endurance, I will keep you from the hour of trial that is coming on the whole world to try those who dwell on the earth. Number 2. Be aware of troubling and grieving the Holy Spirit. The Holy Spirit loves how we obey the Word of God and walk in it with Him and His truths, but when we go against it, it does grieve Him and causes deep sorrow in us. Lamentations chapter 1 verse 16. The Holy Spirit spots the devil's devices and can steer us clear from them and therefore preserving us from any sins that may lead to destruction. After all, the Holy Spirit is our God, Counselor, Comforter, 
calls us up in times of trouble, and strengthens us to forge on in Him. 1 John 4, verse 4 Little children, you are from God and have overcome them. For he who is in you is greater than he who is in the world. Number 3. Base your thoughts on heavenly wisdom. We are so quick to worry about earthly status that we easily forget about the heavenly matters. We compare ourselves to others rather than the Lord of our salvation. And wisdom is the key. It produces insight and proves a foundation to knowledge. When we lean on the word of God, we can judge wisely because our mind is on the heavenly ways of God. Proverbs chapter 15 verse 24 says, The path of life leads upward for the prudent, that he may turn away from Sheol beneath. Number 4. Act fast in resisting Satan's devices. No need to dispute or debate something that is clearly against God. This may lead to somehow justifying matters and causing doubt. We saw this with our first parents, Adam and Eve in the Garden of Eden. Instead, be like Joseph. Be on your guard. Remember the Lord. And get away from the situation that will cause you to sin. Don't even entertain the thought of it. James chapter 4 verse 7 says, Submit yourselves therefore to God. Resist the devil, and he will flee from you. Number 5. Work to be filled with the Spirit. John chapter 4 verse 24 says, God is spirit, and those who worship him must worship in spirit and in truth. The Spirit of the Lord gives us light and power, but how quickly that light and power can diminish if we tend to lurk in spiritual wickedness, as Ephesians chapter 6 verse 12 emphasize. We work hard and wisely to be filled with the Spirit, like Ephesians chapter 5 verse 18 says. And do not get drunk with wine, for that is debauchery, but be filled with the Spirit. Number 6. Stay humble. Humility keeps us from many of Satan's devices he places in our walk with God. Satan's tend to have less power over the one who is most humble. Though Satan is the author of confusion, God is the author of humility. He will teach us, dwell with us, fill and satisfy the humble. In other words, give glory to God when victory over Satan is evident. James chapter 4 verse 6 says, but he gives more grace. Therefore it says, God opposes the proud, but gives grace to the humble. Number seven, be on your guard. As was a soldier on duty, ever alert and ready, so must a person that walks with Christ must be. A small cough or a twig snaps and you are in attack mode, ready and willing to defend all that stands against God and his ways. Keep in watch as 1 Thessalonians chapter 5 verse 6 and be like Nehemiah and keep in watch. The disciples couldn't keep awake when Jesus told them to. If we can't endure words, how will we endure wounds? Luke chapter 12 verse 15 says, And he said to them, Take care and be on your guard against all covetousness, for one's life does not consist in the abundance of his possessions. Number eight, communion with God. The soul of a person that walks with Christ will fight tooth and nail to the death in resisting the devil's devices. Communion with God furnishes the soul with the greatest and the choicest arguments to withstand Satan's temptations. Look at Samson and David, for example. Samson relied on God to grant him great strength and power over his enemies, and David listened to God, and his enemies could not prevail. 
But when Samson and David didn't keep in communion with God, Samson fell before his enemies, and David fled from his. So keep in communion with God, and be like the Apostle Paul in Acts chapter 20, verse 24. But I do not account my life of any value, nor as precious to myself, if only I may finish my course, and the ministry that I received from the Lord Jesus, to testify to the gospel of the grace of God. Number nine, recognize we don't have the strength to even fight Satan. The person that doesn't lean on God's everlasting arms can certainly be drawn to any and everything in Satan's power of temptation. A sadly tragic lesson of this can be seen with the Apostle Peter, as he curses and swears, denying an affiliation with Christ three times as people began to accuse him. Therefore, rely on the grace, influence, and power of Christ Jesus, and we will overcome all the traps of Satan. John chapter 15 verse 5 says, I am the vine, you are the branches. Whoever abides in me, and I in him, he it is that bears much fruit. For apart from me, you can do nothing. And number 10, pray, always pray. Prayer is a shelter to the soul, a sacrifice to God, and a snare to the devil himself. There is nothing that renders Satan's plots fruitless like prayer. Therefore, says Christ, watch and pray that you not enter into temptation. From Matthew chapter 26, verse 41. God does hear and answer our prayers. As Psalm 140, verses 4 through 6 says, Guard me, O Lord, from the hands of the wicked. Preserve me from violent men who have planned to trip up my feet. The arrogant have hidden a trap for me, and with cords they have spread a net. Beside the way they have set snares for me. Selah. I say to the Lord, You are my God. Give ear to the voice of my pleas for mercy, O Lord. So finally, what should we keep in mind when we hold on to Christ and when a glorious victory over Satan occurs? Well, we should be thankful that the Lord has rescued us from Satan. As David said in Psalm 103 verses 1 and 2, Bless the Lord, O my soul, and all that is within me. Bless his holy name. Bless the Lord, O my soul and forget not all his benefits. Second thing to keep in mind is that this life is not the one to be concerned about, but the life ahead. We long to be at home with our Lord and Savior Jesus Christ. As mentioned earlier, Satan is the prince of this world. This doesn't mean the rock and soil and plants and air, but meaning the ways of, and wickedness of mankind and those that dwell in it. That our true treasure is within heaven with the Lord and God of our salvation, and not on the value of this world. And third, we are to claim victory even before Satan lays a snare before us. Why? Because Christ has defeated Satan in the garden in the book of Genesis, and sealed his fate at the cross, where our Lord and Savior declared, it is finished. So, be aware of Satan and cling only to Christ in all your ways, in thought and in prayer, and in deed, and in life, as he has given us. All right, folks, thank you for listening to this quite uncomfortable, but yet very informative lesson about the number one enemy of our life, and that's Satan. 
Um, I pray that this lesson can edify you, especially with those 10 steps. I'm trying to think of ways to, um, as always, 10 is a nice round number. But <laughs> hopefully this lesson about Satan will give you not only an understanding where he comes from and what he's trying to do, but also the tools in defeating him. And that is always to run to Christ. We don't have the strength to take him, but he does. So run to Christ. So with that said, guys, thank you for listening to the show today. Really appreciate it. And as always, pray, always pray. And until then, God willing, I'll see you next time. Thank you for listening to The Layman Chronicles, a Christian podcast dedicated to giving you the word of God from a layman perspective.